Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. As always, I am your host, Steve Opolinek, and this is episode 28. Today we have a really special guest, one of the people who helped me find my focus in actually putting a podcast together. Her name is Shelby Dwyer, and I was actually a guest on her podcast, The Yogi Therapist, episode two. Check that one out. That was a lot of fun when we were both new to the podcast game and playing around with different aspects of what we were focused on and what we were doing. I really enjoyed talking to Shelby. She's just a breath of fresh air and also super knowledgeable and drops some really awesome gems in the podcast. And she's a licensed mental health therapist, so we get a little geeky with our background as clinicians and mental health counseling and some some of the big names in therapy. So you'll hear us geek out a little bit on that. She's also a 200-hour certified yoga teacher who specializes in yin yoga. And we dive into yin yoga a little bit um, towards the end of the podcast. And and it was really enlightening for me to have her explain concepts of yin yoga and that it's more than just restorative yoga because I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. But more importantly, it challenges the concept of tolerance tolerance of discomfort, tolerance of unease. And it's, it's definitely something I think is really important in what's happening nowadays. You can check the show notes for her uh, upcoming reboot of her podcast. She's taken some time off from the podcast, but I think she'll be jumping back into it soon. As you hear, we, we kind of jumpstart her back into that cycle. So hopefully some more um, newer episodes are coming out for the Yogi Therapist. Uh, check her out on any of your streaming services for podcasts. Uh, check it out on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun social media stuff. Now, there is a little bit of a surprise for listeners. Um, this is going to be the first podcast that we actually have a different intro to the actual meat of the podcast. So listen carefully, and it'll be a nice little change of pace just for the intro into episode 28. So please sit back and enjoy. You got this. It's gonna be great. Is, is the nose ring new? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Very yeah. cool. It's well, January. January. Oh, you know, yeah. That seems like it was eight years ago. So I know, right? So long ago. Welcome, though. Thank you. Awesome to have you on the podcast. Finally, I feel I know, like I'm so excited. I was trying to get you to be like my second or third guest on the podcast, and now you're the 28th. So yes, this is fantastic, though. Made it. We made it happen. Yeah, that that's how you have to approach life, right? It's just yep. okay if you want something to happen. You got to be open to when it 
actually can occur in a way that makes sense for for everything. Yep. So this is Shelby. No, <laughs> I didn't introduce you. I've getting I've been getting bad at not introducing because I've been introducing <laughs> in the beginning. So, um, this is Shelby. Shelby and I used to work together. Well, it seems like eons ago, um, mm-hmm. but in reality, it was probably like four years ago, something like that. Four ish, three or four. Longer, like six. Is it really? No. Yeah. Two thousand fourteen. No. Like two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Just kidding. 2015. (laughs) So Shelby, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, So I am a mental health, licensed mental health counselor, certified yoga teacher based out of Boston. Um, I work full time at a local university here, counseling students individually and offering group therapy sessions Um, teaching yoga there as well. And then I also teach yoga weekly in the community uh, studio, Um, although right now that's on hold given the pandemic and everything that's going on. Um, Yeah, and uh, I I guess like sort of fun fact about myself is I'm from Florida. Um, I grew up in South Florida. I'm from Parkland. And I moved to Massachusetts when I was 14 and uh, grew up in Plymouth. Um, So, yeah. So a little bit about me. Go Gators. Went to the University of Florida for mm-hmm. undergrad. <laughs> and then I actually um, I got my master's up here at Northeastern University. Um, so, yeah. That's a nice, modest introduction. Although <laughs> I, I think I think there's room to, to really highlight some of the skills that you have throughout this podcast. So we'll be a little less modest as we go yep. forward because I do think you have some amazing skills. And I want my listeners to just know that about you and take some some really great gems of knowledge away from this podcast that I'm super excited to talk about. Um, so the first thing, you were one of the inspirations for me to start this podcast because I think at the same time, we, we kind of were like, yeah, we both wanted to do a podcast and you're like, well, <laughs> well I'll interview you. And and that kind of led to to my want to, to get equipment and start doing that stuff so i know you've been on hiatus so so your podcast is called the yogi therapist right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm gonna edit that right out because that makes me sound like i don't know your podcast but no it's okay um and are you on hiatus right now are you are you still interviewing people yeah you know it's funny i'm actually really grateful for the timing of this interview it's funny how things work out um because I, um, I've gone back and forth with like how I've wanted to sort of address being, uh, you know, not creating any content for, I think since August, I think August was the last time I released, um, an interview with my friend, Laura. Um, yeah, I, I basically, I, I, to be very candid, um, I have not shared this publicly. So you're getting like, oh, it's like getting very, the scoop guys, yeah. we're getting the scoop. inside scoop y'all. So I, I had a pretty tough um, past couple of years. Uh, I didn't realize that I was significantly burnt out from my job um, mm-hmm. last spring. And it was from me taking too much on and just not balancing everything well and prioritizing and um, staying organized. And I was doing multiple interviews for the podcast every week and like going places or inviting people over to our house. We were living in, you know, my, my husband and I were living in a studio apartment, the two of us and our two cats. Um, and we had a really crazy neighbor at one point, as some people heard on the podcast. I re- yeah, I remember about that neighbor. Oh my God, I remember. Um, 
And so it was just really intense. And then there were just some other things that came up with family. Um, I I lost a, um, well, it sounds like I'm going to talk about death. I'm not. I had a, a pretty significant falling out with a really, really close friend. Um, that was a really unexpected um, loss in my life. And um, I think I found that it was hard for me to put energy into anything other than trying to take care of myself and doing my full-time job and, and teaching yoga at the studio. So it was, it was challenging. Um, and, and then now again, going to be real candid, you know, I'm, I'm working through a lot of shame about it. I have, uh, like nine or 10 interviews that I recorded that I talked with some really incredible people and friends and just brilliant interviews. And, and I, they have so much information that I want to get out to the world, but um, I feel so much shame because some of them are from like April of last year, right, you know, yeah. it was um, from April to June. There were a few that I recorded that I hadn't released. So I just feel so shameful or ashamed about that. And um, I'm trying to work through it and, and also figure out like when the timing is right for me, because right now my job, you know, transitioned to being remote uh, in uh, mid March and we weren't built for that. And so it's been definitely like such an adjustment, but I've also had so many opportunities and um, literally just yesterday gave an, a, a webinar on managing stress through a yogic lens. And um, I'm I, all of my energy is really being poured into my job right now because I love it so much and I'm very excited about all the things that I'm doing with that. So it's it's weird. It's like yeah, but the the podcast is still such a passion project for me, and I love it, and I I miss it so much. It was so cool, and I was really doing it for me. Right. And when people would reach out to me about it, I was like, "What? <laughs> That's amazing! Thanks!" So it'll it'll come back. I I'm excited for it. I want to do a whole rebrand and redesign, and hopefully there will be time soon. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you know just the way you phrase that is really important because you know, stuck in this pandemic, it seems I, I did an Instagram live on this the other day, which mm -hmm. was really like my first Instagram live ever. Uh, so it was, it was interesting. It was, it was definitely, um, something I've been pushing myself and pushing the Promethean project to do a little bit more just to kind of get out there and, and spread the message in that and getting eyeballs on our content and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the approach I took to it was that in this pandemic, in this quarantine, a lot of stuff is changing. A lot of focus is changing in routine and the new normal and all those buzzwords that we see online all the time of how to stay sane. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it also highlights the fact that, you know, for different people, they feel like they have to create during this time because mm -hmm. there's some some downtime and for other people it changes their work day and it's it's actually longer and more intense this way because there's more notes that they have to do or they have kids at home and it interrupts the work day so instead of working eight hours they're working 10 hours because of interruptions and and so i think it's really good that you've been open and and candid with that because i think that's what's needed and mm -hmm. the fact that you feel some shame it's just because I think you're a really empathetic person and you're an empath. And I think that, mm -hmm. that goes along with the territory, but I think this is a really important time that we need to be a little selfish too and, mm -hmm. and look at just in general, Hey, what, what's really important to us now. And I remember talking to someone recently and they were on the fence of, they still had a job 
but mm-hmm. they felt like they needed to spend more time home with their kids and they didn't know what to do. And, and I think one of the things we were talking about was, you know, really looking at it and, and asking yourself, which one are you able to rebound from more, right? Like, can you rebound from taking a break, a hiatus and not editing those interviews and, and kind of come back, which I think you can, right? Or would it be more... I was going to say more hard, but I think my mom would yell at me if I, if I actually said, <laughs> would it be harder for you to rebound from, you know, not giving your all to your passion? And I remember working with you, your passion was to, to work in, you know, like a secondary uh, school setting, right? Like a university mm-hmm. setting. And so I think you made a really wise decision. And I know, I know you because I know you're going to feel shame regardless of what anyone tells you. But I also <laughs> think it's really fair for you to cut yourself some slack and be like, hey, I'm still doing it. People just have to wait for the knowledge, you know? Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I And I, I think I live my life as, as transparently as possible. And um, it, it actually, this is, I'm just talking out loud. So forgive me if I say, um, 50 times, cause I'm just processing it now as I say it out loud. Well, I learned, I say it, like a lot from when you <laughs> interviewed me. And so I've been really paying attention to that in, in this podcast, not, not to do it. And sometimes yeah. when I'm editing, I'm like, oh damn it. There it yeah. goes again. I say kind of all the time. I'm like, mm. Mm, you know, it's kind of, um, or maybe you could like, oh, there's so many words that I'm, I notice when I go back and edit. Right, yeah. <laughs> But it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Like this actually feels, this feels really kismet, the timing. And um, I think I was planning, I was thinking about doing like a solo episode where I like share what was going on with me and I kept hesitating. And then this week I sat down to do it and my microphone wouldn't connect to Audacity, the software I use for editing. And I was like, oh, this is a sign. Like, no, I'm not doing (laughs) it. And then you reached out to me and I was like, oh, this is it. So it's just really interesting, you know, how, right. how things work out. And, and I agree with you in, on the sense of um, you said, or my, what I heard from you and what I felt was that, you know, would I feel better to continue avoiding it or would, it, would I feel better actually having done it, you know, and, and do I sit with the shame and, and continue to feel this way or can I do something about it? What's right. within my control? So, yeah, thanks. Good food for thought. You can tell we're both therapists just <laughs> what I heard from you or, <laughs> or what I was picking Let me up. Back to you. <laughs> um, so there's, there's many ways I feel like we can take this episode of the podcast and, and actually um, before we, we start getting into some of the stuff I want to talk about that, mm-hmm. that solo episode thing after interviewing a bunch of people is one of the scariest things to sit down and do. When the pandemic started, I released a guided meditation and I was so like, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't even know if I have anything to say. I, you know, I, I do this progressive relaxation thing and I don't know if it will translate. I'll, I'll just do, do like a 15 minute one. It ended up being like 50 minutes long <laughs> because I, I was like, oh, I'll just explain it real quick. And I think that took mm-hmm. like 35 minutes and the actual meditation was 20 minutes and it's like oh i guess i had a a lot more in me than i thought and so i've been really approaching things a little bit different and not questioning and just saying well what if let's see Mm. but that Mm -hmm. was really scary because i'm used to talking to people a lot and not just talking at people a lot so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, well, I think one day I'll do a solo episode because, uh, you know, I don't see myself doing any interviews anytime soon. I mean, I have so many, um, you know, in, on the docket or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And my, I have a friend, Sarah, that does solo episodes that are, yeah, it's fun. I like listening to them. I don't know why I'm hesitating. It'll happen one day. Yeah. You'll wait for it and it'll come out and, you know, and you move forward from it. I, I said that to my sister. She did a, a Instagram live night about being a parent and working with kids during this time and really finding awesome. that creative space for them and, and self-care through creative spaces. And it's not just art, but it can be music. It can be dancing. It can be baking. It can be, you know, doing these things together. And my sister is amazing. She's really passionate. She was our first guest, actually. So mm -hmm. anyone listening, go back and listen to her. You can hear how it's awkward she can be sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, she's so passionate about what she does, and she's a great mother. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think once she hit that stride, it just kind of felt right. And I think that will happen for mm. for you as well. I mean, Thank you. That would be nice. All right. So let's get, in, let's get into some of the things I want to talk Ready. to you about. All right. Ready. So we talked about the podcast being one of – you know, self. Love. I didn't even explain what my podcast is about. <laughs> right. Well, let's do that because that's where I was, that is where I was going. And so, um, so I guess before <laughs> before you can explain it, but let me ask the question first. Yes. Uh, what led? What drove you to create your podcast, and what value um, do you think you've garnered most from the interviews and, and the process? Oh, what a great question. So I started the podcast after blogging for years. I had like a fashion blog when I was younger. I did like dead journal and live journal when I was <laughs> young too. I think my name was actually, I don't even want to say my name, but it was something that involved like two X's on the end because that's what all like the punk kids would do. And I didn't realize that it had to do with being like straight edge and I wasn't straight edge when I was a teenager. Uh, so <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny. Um, but I'd always blogged and I really loved it. It was such a cool medium for me to like communicate. And I'm a, a Gemini sun and moon and communication is like my thing. I'm, I'm, my ascendant is Virgo. And so I'm ruled by Mercury in all realms. And it's like communication is so Mercury and I, I love talking. <laughs> so my sister-in-law, actually my lovely sister-in-law, Emily, um, who's pregnant and expecting a baby boy. And I'm so excited. Shout out to Emily. Way to be Yay. pregnant. Good job. Baby Augie. Uh, so anyway, she was like, you should do a vlog. And I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see my face. And I have no idea how to edit. And then my, um, and when I went through yoga teacher training, I had a friend in the training, my friend Charles, um, who has a podcast. He used to have a, a podcast. I'm blanking on the name and I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Um but he had a podcast and so he helped me a little bit and pointed me in the right direction of like what, oh gosh, I'm not going to find it. It's on Instagram, but I'll get it to you. Sorry, Charles, please don't hate me. I love you. Namaste. So, <laughs> so I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I should have multitasked. You totally don't have to edit this out either. People can see how scatterbrained I am. <laughs> I don't really edit too much out. Just, just my likes and ums at times. <laughs> <laughs> That takes so much time. Okay, where were we? So yeah, so then I, I decided to start a podcast and I thought it was so much fun. And, and I I felt that people could really 
hear me better. Obviously, you're hearing me, but people could really get a sense of my personality in a way that they couldn't from the written word. And I would say that the the one thing that I've really taken away from podcasting, it it inadvertently helped me be a better therapist. I realized I'm I'm conscious that I'm doing it right now. It helped me learn to like pause and take a breath before I was going to maybe offer some feedback or, you know, reflect to a student that I'm working with. And it helped me be really thoughtful about what I was going to say and really intentional about the words I was using. So it's been this really cool, almost like meta practice in mindfulness. I would definitely agree with that. I think, you know, just viewing your thoughts come up as they come up and being able to let go of them of trying to interject or, or realize I don't really need to say that. That's Mm -hmm. not, or I need, if I'm going to say that, I need to say it in the way that contributes to the actual conversation and not just jump in because I haven't spoken in five minutes, you know? Right. So tell us about what your podcast is. (laughs) Nice 20 minutes into the the interview. Right. (laughs) What I completely forgot about. Um, So my podcast is currently... And who knows what shape it's going to take, you know, as, as I come back into it. But it currently focuses on merging the fields of health psychology and yoga and its interviews right now with amazing health professionals uh, like yourself. I think you were episode two, which is amazing. And it was so much fun. <laughs> I was so nervous doing it the whole time. Um but that it's, you know, interviews with health professionals, with yoga teachers. Um, I've interviewed like Ayurvedic professionals and meditation teachers. Uh, I interviewed a, a cookbook author who's also like a wellness guru now. And it's really, it's fun. It's, it's a really cool way to get to know people in a different way. And I am sure you've experienced this through the conversation. There's always like some new little I don't know, like nugget of wisdom that they share that maybe they hadn't thought of, or, you know, we get into a conversation about something and we talk about it in a way that we hadn't thought of before or or what. And as I said, it's just a really cool way to get to know people on a a deeper, different level and to share their amazing knowledge with a wider audience. Yeah. And I I think you, you definitely spot on with your, your podcast with that. I love listening to the new guests that you have on and always question like, Oh, okay. What, what's that, that nugget I'm going to take away from that. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a lot of nuggets. <laughs> a lot of times I'm like, Oh, I wish I had a, a notebook with me instead of working out while I'm listening to this. So <laughs> I think it's really good. And I think Thank you, you. I'm excited for your rebrand and you coming back. Cause I think, um, you know, taking this time will help, help you focus and, and move forward. So Thank you. Let's now let's transition from that to yep. your podcast is about the interweavings of health and yoga and, and psychology and things of this nature, which is is the heart of what I want to talk to you about today. Yeah. Is, so you're a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. We know you're a therapist. So how mm-hmm. does that commingle with you and your psyche and how you approach things? You can't see me, but I'm like rubbing well I'll do this I'm rubbing hands together because I'm so excited about this yeah so it, it's interesting it, it's it's definitely been like an evolution over the years so I, I became a licensed mental health counselor back in I think it was 2013 and then I uh, did my yoga teacher training a 200-hour yoga teacher training in 
completed that February of 2018. And then I completed a yin yoga level one teacher training last year, I think it was. <laughs> Forgive me, Emily, if you listen to this. A different Emily, not my sister-in-law, Emily. Uh, but I... I, I love yoga and I've practiced it since I was younger. Um, I had a high school uh, PE teacher who <laughs> let us do yoga if we wanted to instead of like running laps and doing whatever crazy stuff you did in PE. And I, I loved it. And then my mom had like Rodney VHS tapes that I used to practice with. Uh, and I found that it was such a great stress reliever for me. And then when I came to my yoga teacher training the training itself was incredibly cathartic and very much a deep dive into, I guess, reprioritizing my life and learning about myself and growing as a, as a woman and as an individual. And it was really interesting. And I found that through the practice, you know, with how useful it was for me and my mental health, I started noticing these connections in the way that I offered therapy. And I didn't realize it until my absolutely amazing supervisor, Dr. Chrissy Civiletto, who is now currently in a role of um, interim executive director as of this week. So if I start getting choked up, it's just because she's going to be way more busy and I might not have as much access mm -hmm. to her and I love her, but she has been pivotal in my merging of mental health and yoga. And she really helped me see how that is such a theoretical approach for me. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is when I'm in a session with a student, I might ask them, what are they feeling in their body in that moment? And so I might notice, you know, in a very gestalt manner, I might pay attention to their body language and notice that all of a sudden they maybe cross their arms over their chest and I'll pause them appropriately if it's, if it's okay, you know, given the conversation and if there's rapport there and just be like, yeah, what are you feeling? I noticed you crossed your arms. Like what's going on there? And I found that by either just assessing little changes in body language or pausing the conversation to check for the student to check in with their own internal environment, they were able to identify emotions or sensations in their body, which then would lead eventually to sort of clarity around what was happening and what they were talking about. And we could figure out that like, ooh, this is making me feel really sad right now. And so like, okay, well, let's sit with that sadness. You know, let's hold space for that emotion. We don't have to make sense of it or know why it's happening for you, but let's just be with it. And so it's, I'm going in all these different directions, but when I took my yin yoga teacher training, that was like really solidifying for me. And that's why I really solely teach yin yoga. It teaches folks how to tolerate discomfort on the mat, because what you do is in yin yoga, you come into a pose, you find an area that's like uh, you feel some pressure in a specific area of the body, and then you hold for maybe three to eight minutes in a certain shape. And the idea is that you're relaxing the muscles, but you're targeting all these connective tissues in the body rather than the muscles. And that that in and of itself, that tolerating discomfort on the mat translates to off the mat because you can see that in this low lunge, holding it for five minutes, maybe you really want to stop. Your legs are shaking. It's so intense, but you make it, you do it. And then the sensation is, is dissipates. As soon as you ease out of the pose, we learn that sensation is temporary. Emotions are temporary. Thoughts are temporary. Like everything is temporary, which is one of my mantras. Um, and so that really also solidified how I invite yoga in um, as my theoretical approach. I, I haven't necessarily 
I've, I've done maybe more meditation and breath work with students in session. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily roll out a mat and say like, okay, well, why don't you lead me through some poses and like, let's just move around. I'm not as comfortable with that yet. And, and I, I leave it open to the student to tell me if it's something they want. But I offer a, a mental health yoga group at my job. And that is a way that I offer the actual asana physical practice with students in a way that targets their um, well-being or boosts their well-being. That's awesome. And obviously, obviously we have a lot in common in in how we Mm -hmm. approach things, even, even the wording. And I just want to put this out there there too. Shelby is a psychology geek. (laughs) Um, So she's, she'll probably be throwing around some, you know, different, different wordings of, of things too. So if you ever have any questions, just leave me a comment and I'll define, define things for you too. Well, can I throw out really quickly? Sure. I, I can't remember. I think I've, I know I've referenced this in my podcast, but if anyone wants to know what Gestalt therapy is and you're like, what is that? Look up Fritz Perl's Gloria video. You will understand. <laughs> Actually, I, we went to a conference one time in, in Boston about meditation and mindfulness, and I literally thought Shelby was going to just fangirl it out and and i think she did actually on a couple i did times. she ran up to a bunch of people and, and she's like i need their autograph or i don't know if you actually said oh, no. that but i i did oh yeah <laughs> people sign my books oh yeah and i like gushed over um what's his name was it per chat was that who we saw per- i'm now um, i'm blanking the guy that did uh like the stages, stages of change, change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was i like cried hysterically I was like, how is this possible that I'm standing in the same room with you? And then I go back to my job and I find out my coworker like used to work with him for like 10 years. She was like, yeah, no big deal. I was like, what? He's like famous. These are my celebrities. That's like one time I was at a martial arts seminar with my brother and one of his Kung Fu brothers. And he was talking about how he used to do martial arts with Joe Rogan. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? No big deal. How is that even a connection that randomly (laughs) just happens? But um in in learning more about joe rogan it makes a lot more sense now but Mm -hmm. at the time i was just like i don't i don't even know what what that is about um yes so so i think it's easy for us to get off track but let's let's get back to the enveloping of of how yoga has has kind of came into your forethought when you're when you're doing counseling and i think it's actually i have made kids hold different poses in Mm. session uh, when talking about awareness and you know somatic experiencing and really paying a, paying attention to what's going on in their body, and it's funny because I'll hold have them hold you know a plank or a bridge or a low squat, and it's funny to see just kind of where they're at with it because some some kids will be in a low squat for 15 seconds and they shoot right up and they're like it's too much it's too much um so it just illustrates that just how much it's hard for us to sit with discomfort right and and tolerate it and that's a big thing i think what i do with adolescents too especially with Mm -hmm. technology is this idea of when technology is not present if you don't have tolerance for that rush of emotion and you can't sit with that and then say okay I'm sitting with it. Now, how do I move forward? It's mm-hmm. just going to hit you like a ton of bricks and you're going to not have any skills to, to move forward. And then you're just going to mm-hmm. say, oh, I need to stay up and I can't sleep. I need to sleep on Xbox until four in the morning, mm. which again, then affects sleep and mood mm-hmm. and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I love that you're doing that. I love that you have a, a supervisor that is 
kindling that in you and helping you realize how it kind of connects to, to your approach to things. And I, I spoke recently, I think on the podcast that's coming out soon, mm-hmm. um, about how, when I first started doing counseling, I was really trying to emulate just how I've seen other people do it or, or define <laughs> myself by theory. I, mm-hmm. know, I love narrative therapy. I, I, you know, I love positive psychology. I'm just, this is how I've seen people do it. I'm going to do it. And I learned really mm-hmm. quickly that it, it's t- it, you can't sit in a session mm-hmm. just trying to emulate someone because you're missing right. cues and you're just in your head too much. Mm-hmm. Of, what am I going to say? How am I going to approach this? I need to solve this. And I think mm-hmm. once you let go of that is when your true genuine therapist self kind of comes. So I agree. I'm glad that you're cultivating that because it's awesome. Thank you. I have so many thoughts on it. Can I like, can I, can I like chime in on that a little yeah, bit? Sure, or? sure. Okay. Cause I'm like, that was so cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's sort of parallel. It not sort of, that's one of my words that are phrases that I say all the time, sort of, blah, blah. but it parallels the path of a yoga teacher too. Mm-hmm. When you first start out, like you mimic your teachers and then eventually you start to feel more comfortable, your knowledge increases and you're able to really just come to your own. And I, I feel I, I hope this doesn't come across as uh, self-absorbed, but I have recently really started to appreciate my style as a therapist because it's really authentically me. When I'm sitting with a student, it's me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i not putting on a voice, which I did when I first started. Yeah. I'm not constantly thinking, okay, I need to try this technique next and make this. Te- oh, they just said this, so I can't forget it. I allow myself to be so much more in the present moment. And it's like, as soon as you're able to really let go of all that and trust yourself and know that like you got this, it's whole new, whole new ball game. And I feel like it works for a lot of things, but also for being a client for coming in for therapy too. When you feel Mm -hmm. like you have to have something to talk about, you have to portray a different image. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, not let someone down. Mm-hmm. right that gets in the way of you being your authentic self and and once you can let go of that therapy can be really healing in in that yeah. sense too and and you know everything you just said it makes so much sense even now before I have a session sometimes I'm like okay last session was kind of hard they weren't really open what am I going to do to do it and then right before I have the session I'm like yeah let's just not think about that and right. usually those are the best sessions because yep. they can you know, your clients can start picking up on like, oh, you're not tense. You're not trying to force anything. So I don't have to do that either. And you're living your yoga in that moment, right? Like you're practicing a parigraha, that non-attachment, which is one of the yamas or the yogic principles. And as soon as we can let go of that attachment to like whatever it is, the outcome or what we're hoping to get to, it's like magic happens sometimes. Well, yeah, (laughs) you can't force, you can't force the magic. It just comes, but I, I do think a lot of this is is we as as therapists have to practice what we preach. And I think that's something I remind myself daily of. Right. Yeah, you're so good at that. I feel like you live so in alignment with your values and with the way that you are like the who you are as a therapist is who you are in life. And and you at least how I experience you is like you would never tell a, a client to you know, do some type of breathing exercise or something if you hadn't done it yourself. And like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. a great quality. Well, you shouldn't watch me play Mario Kart because I'm a whole different person if I'm play, <laughs> playing Mario Kart. I think it's the only time I really swear. One. And I, I go, I go, I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to play in my house anymore. <laughs> Listen, you got to let loose. 
Sometimes. I get it. Um, and, okay, so I want to talk about yin yoga because I know you, you gave a, a brief de- description of it, but I also think this is a part of yoga that not too many people know. Or yeah. they just think it's... My experience with it is I love it. Um, and that's actually when I first started doing some uh, yoga practice, I hated those those kind of mm-hmm. aspects because of, of the inability to tolerate that. So my hamstrings are historically really tight. It's like a familial thing. And so even a simple, you know, um, stretch of the hamstrings would have me be like, uh you know, I, I can't do, even if like yeah. 20 seconds, I'm like, that must've been five minutes right in my head. And, <laughs> nope. I, and I look back to when I had started doing that stuff. Um, and oddly enough, my first practice of yoga was actually through P90X because they had a, a, a yoga mm-hmm. uh, thing, which, you know, once you get into it, you realize just how much that's not quite, <laughs> it's very asana based, but not the, the other connection to yoga. Um, and I look back to the, that time in my life and it makes a lot of sense why I was having a hard time doing mm. those things because it co- correlated with my inability to tolerate discomfort or, or anything that questioned my authority, right? Mm-hmm. And not that I'm overly egotistic, but there are times that I feel like I, my word is is the end all, right? And I definitely back mm-hmm. that. So I think it's been really helpful just to ease that. And I, what I found too is it's just made the holds more enjoyable. I seek them out more now, even if yeah. I'm not doing yoga, I'll do um, in between dips and, and pull-ups when I exercise, I will do s- some of those hamstring stretching things, even though I'm not working that area just because it's a good break for the muscles, but also because I know I will avoid it if I'm not doing a standard practice. <laughs> practice and so i i try mm-hmm. to keep it in in the, what i do in the rotation yeah so what led you to yin and i guess i was gonna say like why yeah. do you love it so much but i kind of know but you can talk about it some more if you want i just want yeah. to give you like free space to talk about yin yoga oh thank you i i you know i don't really remember what led me to yin yoga i I think a teacher, this um, teacher Jerry, who teaches for Coolidge Yoga, I think he had been like subbing a class, and I had done like a sort of like a mentorship with him on uh, assists in yoga classes. And after I had graduated from my teacher training, and he was just wonderful. He's a massage therapist, so he was like brilliant with like anatomy and everything. And I think he had led it, and I was like, every time I would leave the class, it was like a ninety-minute Yin class. I was like in a daze. And I felt so good, but there were definitely moments where I was in a pose and I was like, I freaking hate this. This is so hard. I tried not to swear there. So hard. I can swear. I, I just don't swear. <laughs> yeah, you okay. can swear. I'll try not to though. Let's be polite, Shelby. Um, but it was, it, there were definitely moments I hated it, but it was so like cathartic. And I found that that, the afterglow of a yin yoga class stayed with me so much longer than a yoga, a traditional vinyasa class. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it's for me, it's really a form of meditation. I'm, I'm so present in my body and I, I can come back to a physical sensation to root me in the present moment. And I know when I'm distracted and I can come back, you know, because I'm like, Ooh, 
whoop, that sensation just shifted or, or something's going on. I, I really love also about the practice that it's it's so about the, the practitioner, the student. I am, as a yin teacher, offering poses, by no means does someone have to do them, right? And that's in any class with a good teacher. But what's lovely is that everybody is different. So every the pose looks different for everyone. And it really emphasizes that. It's not this like, an, like very Iyengar, um, alignment-based practice. You do have to be careful and be safe and, and be mindful of not overextending yourself or, or hurting yourself or pulling something. Like, for example, we talk about when we're teaching the class, we tell students to, you know, if you, if anything starts to be, gu- or excuse me, if anything starts to feel numb or tingle or there's a burning sensation, get out of it. Like, that's not what we want. And the goal of yin yoga is also to never go to the, like the fullest expression of a pose. Mm-hmm. It's always this like gradual, you have to, uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being excruciating, one being like, I could lay here forever, I'm going to go to bed. You find a four or five on that scale of one to 10, and that's a level of discomfort. And that's in that since the area of your body where you're feeling that target sensation. And so it's not a comfortable practice. It's definitely a challenging practice. I think people think of it as restorative. And I remember years ago, um, my friend Haley, who is one of the interviews I have um, <laughs> that I haven't released yet, uh, but her at Kripalu, and she was telling me that she teaches yin. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like totally restorative, right? And she was like, no. <laughs> and I remember very clearly that she was explaining to me they're so different. So I, I think it's always great to give people the heads up. There are some poses that feel more restorative and you do use a lot of props in yin yoga, but it's definitely a challenging practice, but a very grounding and meditative practice where you're really like with your breath, with your body, with the sensation in your body, and you have autonomy over your movements in a way that, I don't know, I didn't experience in other classes. That's awesome. I I think you summed that up really well. Uh, and, and I've definitely learned some stuff to that too. Um, not that I'm an expert. <laughs> that, I mean, but, I could, yeah. I like had to stop myself cause I could go on and on. Like there's right. so much about it. That's so exciting. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting when you look at the, the physicality of it and, and the body and how it works. I love how we're both also drinking water far away from the microphone. So we our swallowing doesn't come up. <laughs> no. I think that's the worst thing about doing podcasts. Ready? I hate when I have to swallow. Ah, you're welcome, everyone. ASMR for you. Yeah, I was just gonna say, oh, great. <laughs> some, the, some people are gonna have some trouble with that part. Um, <laughs> but when I think about it, I, I feel like it's also there's a couple things, you know, the the fascia and the tissue, and and paying attention to that, and your joints yeah. and the connective tissue, which a lot of things don't really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, so. In- Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm excited. It, I, what's another beauty, well, another beautiful thing about yin yoga is that it's a nice complementary practice to like your gym workouts, right? Because all these connective tissues in the body are supporting the muscles. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really great, um, yeah, just complementary practice. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's why so much of the exercise I like doing is related to like a whole body workout. So you're also strengthening those connective tissues so that 
you know, if you go to a gym and you just segment it too much and it's you're on machines and all that stuff, it, it's very isolating and it puts a lot of strain on that. But if you mm-hmm. like even kettlebell swings, even though it's something heavy, it's really strengthening, strengthening that connective line. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just you powering with your arm to lift something heavy. It's using mm-hmm. your whole body to rotate and, and to swing martial arts like Tai Chi and Bagua and singing. My brother does all about mm-hmm. that connective strength right and so i think it's really important just in general this is my soapbox for exercise to do exercise (laughs) that doesn't put too much strain on that but also reinforces the strength of of those because that's really important right Right. when you look at someone like bruce lee and his one inch Mm -hmm. punch right that's all generated from from the ground up it's not Mm -hmm. just him exerting his will through punching something right and uh i think in my brother bless you Thank you. <laughs> in my brother's line of work, it's, uh, I believe it's called Fa Jing, right? Like this energy mm-hmm. release, and it's it's kind of like a a whip instead of just oh here let me let me do this. Um, yeah, I was punching the screen for the people who couldn't see it. Um, so Ouch. there's that just aspect. <laughs> you just see your fist coming out. Um, there's that aspect, and then I also think the other aspect that I really like in to what you're talking about too is this idea of the runner's hire um mm. the physicality of what that is related to you know being able to tolerate discomfort and creating like this dysphoric feeling in your body the brain mm-hmm. then kind of kicks on it's like well that's too much of that feeling we have to now flood it with a, a more euphoric dopamine kind of release and that's why i think you see some people leaving yoga classes like this like yin or even hot yoga and it's yeah. because of that discomfort right and it's just like mm-hmm. oh i'm completely blissed out um, yeah i think that's fantastic because i don't we avoid the the being able to tolerate discomfort because we don't want that but in reality we could actually generate this really amazing dump of dopamine and and right. reward from going through that and i think that's something about self-care that you have to pay attention to and it's it's all about it's I think what it comes down to is boosting our own resilience, right? Like, um, I just, I think that by being able to increase our tolerance to discomfort, that's not to say that suddenly it's like you become superhuman and you feel no pain. That's not the goal at all. Well, maybe not for you. For me, that's definitely the goal. (laughs) Like Wim Hof. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's, it's building our tolerance so that we can be more resilient so that when there's a really challenging situation, it's funny because I, I just gave a webinar on this yesterday, but but yoga, and I think in particular yin yoga, teaches us to to pause and to mm-hmm. breathe and to not act right away. And then that helps us make maybe smarter choices, healthier choices for ourselves. And I'm trying to think of how I wanted to link this to resiliency, but I can't right now. But but it's just very interesting. And I think the whole, the, the practice and, and yeah, that tolerating discomfort is really just our resilience and and taking yeah taking care of ourselves and it makes sense because when you think of i'm gonna get really stereotypical here so please don't judge me on this but when you think of standard gym rats right they go in there they lift some heavy stuff right and And then they throw it on the ground really loud so they're i'm not so i'm not talking about power lifters because i think there's a real science and real personality to that and my brother-in-law is a power lifter and and he's let me into that world and there is a real connection to self and in in a way to do it i'm talking kind of 
about those people who go in and they're just there to impress people, right? Mm. And so throwing weight around, it makes a lot of sense with working with adolescents too, mm-hmm. is they come into me because they can't tolerate discomfort. But they're mm-hmm. also the kind of people who would showboat in, in that kind of arena. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the physicality that comes with it too, right? It's throwing a weight around, you're not actually paying attention to to your body. You're not mm-hmm. paying attention to how it relates to your form. You're not mm-hmm. paying attention to, you know, if your joints are linked in the right way, you're not paying attention to a lot of stuff, but you're mm-hmm. just there to kind of showboat. And yeah, you probably put some heavy stuff up, but you're going to hurt yourself. Right. And right. I think it's a cool correlation when you look at it is that, and I, again, not judging people on their form saying that they can't tolerate discomfort, but I think there is a, a real correlation in, in that mental aspect and the physical aspect on how they approach things. Definitely. All right. So I got two questions I'm going to end this with. Right? I love it. Going okay. back to the superhero, right? Yes. Uh, so first question and, and second question, they go in tandem. So the, the first question is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And then the second question is, what is your superpower? What do you think is your superpower? Can I just tell you I've been planning for this since you launched episode one? <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, now you're putting a lot of pressure on, <laughs> on yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, no, I like already have it planned out. Okay. Like I literally randomly will walk around my house and I'm like, yeah. That would definitely be my superhero power. Like that, I've, I'm not even kidding you. I've thought about this so many times. So I feel like if I were a superhero, and hopefully this is like a superhero thing, but like I would want to time travel. Totally. Like that would be awesome. And like not just in my own life, like throughout time. Like how cool would it be to like sit down with somebody? I don't know. I can't even think of anyone right now because I'm excited. But like that would just be so cool. And like, yeah, that's totally it. I think my, this is the one that I haven't given as much thought to because, um, yeah, I have to think about this. I think, no, I do. I think my empathy. Yeah. Yeah. My empathy is absolutely like my actual superpower. I'm, I am an empath. If anyone wants more information, Dr. Judith Orloff, uh, is an MD and has a lot of, um, information about it. I think she's an MD, uh, but she's wonderful and yeah, I feel a lot, but it also, let me correct that. I feel a lot and it helps me connect so deeply with people. And it's a great quality that I've come to finally appreciate about myself. That's awesome. I'm glad you picked that because I was going to say, if you don't like being empathetic, I'm <laughs> just going to throw out this whole podcast. It's not right. It's not true yeah. to form. <laughs> I know. If like my friends were listening, they'd be like, what are you doing? You know, it's empathy. <laughs> All right. Oh. So uh, any last pieces of advice, gems of knowledge that you want to drop on the listeners? Well, I, oh God, so many things. Um, I, is this going to come out while folks maybe are still potentially in quarantine mode? Well, who knows? Cause we, we have no idea when that's going to be. But I know that yeah. is true. So I, I got one coming out on Monday and then it'll come out two weeks after that. So that's probably. Awesome. Well, so I, I think just, um, in terms of a couple of things. And do not feel like you have to suddenly go to a yoga class or yin yoga class or go see a therapist after listening to this. Like, do what's best for you. As I say in my yoga classes, you are the expert here. And I, I say that as a therapist as well. You know, the client is, I'm not the expert. Uh, the student, you know, in the yoga studio is the expert. They know their body best. You know your body best. Um, and just, you know, trust yourself and 
I, I think that we, we find the things that we need, we need them. And so don't feel pressure to suddenly like force that or anything. And I would also say for newer students, if you are going to explore yoga studios, find, and actually I'm going to broaden this. (laughs) I'm going to make this a little bit broader. If you're looking to get a therapist or if you're looking to get like into a yoga studio and like have a yoga teacher, the most, Oh, my cat is scratching at the door. The most important thing is finding a good fit. So, again, it comes back to, like, trusting your gut, doing best for you, and, yeah, like, yeah, listening to your intuition. You got this. You got this. It's going to be great. <laughs> Hi, Luca. I should uh, separate that so that's the outro for the podcast. <laughs> I might just, like, play it on loop. That's oh, my weird. God, that would be, that would be horrifying. Well, I now it's definitely going to happen. So, <laughs> Well, Shelby, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate everything that you're doing. I appreciate your time, and I'm honored and graced by your presence on the podcast. Thank you. This was so much fun, and it's like it's been my honor to be on your podcast, and it's so cool. And and I I had so much fun, and I feel like now I'm like super inspired, and <laughs> I'm going to go edit some episodes. Let's go. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you so much. And you're just so amazing. You're doing such good work. I'm so grateful that we've stayed in touch all these years. Thank you. Just awesome. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepermetheanproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.